And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet, and it is our first episode of 2018, Matt. First ever episode, episode 82, Yes, but episode 1 of 2018. Yep, yep, that's that's what we're doing, man. We're, we're getting there. We're in science fiction times. We are getting very close to Star Trek times. I think it's going to be really weird and really fucked up when we start saying 2020. It's going to get there. It's going to get there. I know that. So- sooner rather than later. Like, 2020 is, like, the year in science fiction when, like, bad shit happens. Like, oh, and the robot uprising of 2020. <laughs> oh, the third yep. civil war of 2020. <laughs> wait, wait, third civil war? There was a second one that happened in between there? Oh, yes, there was. <laughs> yes, you have yet to get to 2019. <laughs> 2020 Emergence Day, when the Lizardmen <laughs> broke free from the Earth's crusts and everyone was forced to work <laughs> in a salt mine for a year. <laughs> that was a rough year, but the movies were so good that year. <laughs> I, uh, I say that, of course, because uh, along with your regular comic multiverse news uh, roundup that we always do on the show, we're going to be doing some of that. And then at the tail end of the show, just to get you nice and excited, Matt and I are going to, you know, look forward to 2018 by looking back at a bunch of the stuff we enjoyed in 2017. We're going to be talking some of our favorite comics. We're going to be talking some of our favorite movies, video games, basically just whatever ha- comes to our mind and that we didn't have a chance to cover yet in depth, because why the fuck not, right? Yeah, why not? And and people like when you make lists and stuff. I did one for my favorite movies and comics, and people really liked them. I was going to make a list, but the fact is uh, I, I, I just like too much stuff this year. There was too much going on. I, t- <laughs> I did a power yeah. ranking of comic book movies with Sal from Comic Pop over on the Elseworlds Exchange, if anyone is interested in that. And I figured, you know what, Comic Multiverse, let's, let's just put it all in, man. Let's just throw it all in the pile and see what happens. <laughs> Cause I, cause I liked lots of things. It was, it was a fun year, 2017. I mean, I I mean, for other people, it was terrible for lots of things. It was awful, but man, was there some (laughs) good frivolous entertainment this year. Oh, wow. Was there ever. And speaking of frivolous entertainment, oh, Matt, that brings us to our first story. And I know, I know you're going to have something to say about this because who wouldn't? Uh, so apparently, chances are if you've been on social media, especially if you've been on the superhero side of social media, you've seen these pictures making the rounds, but dejected and angry DC Cinematic Universe fans dressed up in superhero costumes and they took to the street, mat and they protested. They protested for something that matters, and that is to get a <laughs> Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, even though there's a good chance it doesn't even exist. Yeah, well, and even if it does exist, it would cost hundreds of millions of dollars to bring it, like, to get it up to scratch, which is something, you know, WB wouldn't want to spend money on, especially after how, you know, movies like Ant-Man were beating Justice League. Also, here's the thing. If there is a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, it's unfinished because he left that early in the production and they reshot it and re-edited it and reworked it several times over since then. A Zack Snyder cut of Justice League simply does not exist. Now, they're talking about possibly doing like what they did for BVS and Suicide Squad, where it's like, oh, we got we got 15 more minutes of extra footage we're going to put in the movie. Oh, because that made the, the world of difference for Suicide Squad. If anything, the extra footage made Suicide Squad worse. And for Batman v yeah. Superman, most of what they put in was just fleshing out subplots that weren't all that interesting to begin with. Yeah. And they put back in establishing shots that they took away. 
So yeah, I'm not. I'm. History has shown me to not get too excited for this extra fifteen minutes. I don't think an extra fifteen minutes is what that movie needs to really make it click and really bring it together. No, it needs. It needs to be like something completely different. It needs to be a different movie altogether. <laughs> Which is sad, but that's the case. Also, I I can't be the only one who finds it hilariously tone deaf for these fans to be like, we will dress up in costume, we will don you know the symbols of our favorite super people who fight for truth and justice, and we will take to the streets and we will demand more frivolous entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, really, guys? I mean, I, it, it's a free country, and you're not hurting anybody, and you can do whatever you want. But it's like, really? This th- this is the hill you're going to die on, huh? This is this is what activated <laughs> your inner activist, huh, to get out and work for this? You know, you know, Puerto Rico's still fucked up, right? You know, you know, Flint hasn't had clean uh, water in forever. Uh, but we need a Snyder Cut. It you just, don't understand. We need it because it'll automatically mean the movie is better for some reason. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, if we get the Justice League, Zack Snyder cut, then Puerto Rico will be better and Flint will have drinkable water. It will be. It will be. It will. It, if we get this, there'll be so much that will have changed in the world. People will be so inspired. It'll happen. <laughs> and it's like, look, hey, hey I, I, I'm not out there protesting for those changes either. But if I was, I might actually want to take up a cause that, you know, matters and affects more people than just me. Yeah, yeah. Just just saying. Now, I, I wonder, too, if this has reached the Snyder family only. Of course, I can imagine they're still in mourning. I would love to know what they have to say about this. Oh, I, I think, like, Zach's got, like, that weird, like, app that, like, only he uses. It's, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's like, some app that they tried to make big, but only he and, like, a bunch of other people only use it. And I, I know on that he seems to, like, kind of egg these type of people on a little bit. Okay. Like, by responding to them and everything. Right, and right. Yeah, so he'd probably egg them on. Yeah, well, well, I'll be... Again, free country. You can do what you want. I just think it's hilarious, if nothing else. And also, it's like, here's the thing, too. Can this be the last we talk about this? Can we please let this Zack Snyder cut thing die right here, right now? Because I really, really don't want this to spin out of control. I really don't want these fans to become like the comic book answer to the birther movement. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the birther movement for those of you who are unaware are those people who think that uh former president obama had a special kenyan birth certificate out there and they demanded it that it was real and people on 4chan <laughs> swore they saw it which i really don't want people on 4chan being like no i swear i saw the Zack snyder cut of the justice league it exists yeah, well people are already saying that oh are they are they, are they, they, really? they it's completely false completely false but yeah we're, they're saying that but yeah we're, we're and the, the thing I found really funny about the protest as well, they did it on a Saturday, so, like, no one would be at the lot anyway. No. <laughs> so, like, no, no one of importance would be at the lot. Hey, hey, Matt, <laughs> it's it's their first protest. They're tr- it's literally their first day. <laughs> like, it's it's our first day pursuing for change and everything. But, yeah, let's, l- let's let this end here. Let's not let this grow out of control and become something crazier than it is. Can we just but admit it's that a it's a cycle, though. It's a cycle. It It'll really probably is. happen with, with Aquaman. If Aquaman turns out to be terrible, they'll be wanting a James Wan cut, and they'll be back out there on a Saturday <laughs> wanting the Wan cut. No, it'll be a Sunday <laughs> this time. They're getting better. <laughs> how, how hilarious would it be? And there's a good chance it might happen if Aquaman comes out and actually makes more money than Justice League. 
oh, it's probably going to happen. That's going to fuck with their head, isn't it? And, like, here's the thing. We'll be back talking about the state of Warner Brothers and DC Films later on in the news, but I just wanted to get that one out here right now because I figured this was a good place to start off the first show of 2018 because, you know, you want to (laughs) put your best foot forward and, you know, as we move on, (laughs) you want to start with your best. Uh, Moving on here to something that's not really comic book related, but it's something I'm sure our audience would feel very strongly about. I know I feel very strongly about it. Hulu, in their new power and influence, has greenlit a two-season revival of the Animaniacs. Cool. Cool. I I think that's cool, too. I love Animaniacs. I think what they did is so cool, and so, like, you could drop it in any time period, and it would work. Yep. I worry, though... They said it's coming back. They did not say they were getting all the same voices back. I feel the same way about this that I feel about that Powerpuff Girls reboot, and that is if you're not going to get the original actors back, who are all alive, by the way, and all still working, if you're not going to get them back, then don't even bother. Yeah, it could be like that, um, what's that other show they did, DuckTales, that DuckTales reboot? It could be, they're bringing it back, but it's a new reboot cast or something although surprise although i will say that i actually enjoyed the ducktales cast they actually did some pretty interesting work in that and cast some interesting actors uh by all account that's actually one of the few revivals that's actually pretty good by all account i haven't seen it i haven't had a chance to sit down and watch either but 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 i've heard i've heard through the grapevine matt i've heard around the campfire people seem to be enjoying it or at the very least they don't seem to hate it as much as they hate that powerpuff girls reboot (laughs) But so yeah, that's uh, that's Animaniacs. Everyone, be sure to keep posted. Like here, like here's the thing. It's like you know, Hulu. We've got Marvel's Runaways. Yeah, I don't feel I need to get the app. We got not one but two seasons of Animaniacs. Brand new. Okay, now I gotta get it. <laughs> I think that tells you a lot about my character and what finally pushes me over the edge. That's the thing that gets me. <laughs> and uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Boom! Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> I uh, I wonder too because Animaniacs was you know benched so much in like entertainment comedy and like you know making fun of Hollywood and celebrities and everything. It'll be really interesting to see them update that for modern times. Do you reckon they will, or do you reckon they'll just play it safe? I mean, you're on Hulu. You're on an app. You don't have to play That's nice true. with any network. You can do whatever you want. Shit, they they could make that the joke where it's like, you know, the Warners used to live on the Warner lot, but Warner Brothers isn't doing so good anymore, and because of that, they mo- <laughs> they've moved to the Hulu digital offices, and they live there and fuck with them now. <laughs> that they were literally bought, and now they're just screwing around with all these Silicon Valley kids. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's not bad. And they could have That'd a be big- pretty cool. And also, too, it's like, okay, so Animaniacs, are you trying to point this at a new generation or are you trying to do the nostalgia thing for like people in their 20s? Because if so, like you could actually do like a very tongue in cheek, like kind of adult Animaniacs. Like imagine the, the Animaniacs fuck around with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh, God. It's just them fucking with him all day where it's like he, he, he keeps touching himself and looking at a potted plant. But they just keep screwing with him over and over again. So he can't, <laughs> they keep dropping anvils on his head and shooting him with fire extinguishers. <laughs> dynamite. Uh, I'd love that. Hell, I would love that. I'm just happy to hopefully see a return of Warner Brothers animated comedy and that kind of slapstick, which you don't really get. I, I think we have lost out on the old cartoon gags of the dynamite and people getting hit with anvils and just you know 
like itchy and scratchy levels of cartoon violence. Yeah, yeah. We we haven't had one a cartoon like that in a long time. No, or at least not one that played it straight. If we did, it was always one that was kind of winking and nudging and kind of like a hey, cartoons can't get away with this anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's what I hope that new Deadpool show is, if they ever get that off the ground. I hope it goes for that level of just ridiculous cartoon violence. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with that now with the the Fox deal and everything. Good question. I guess it depends how long in development it is. And I mean, hey, DC, or like Disney, Marvel, they like animation. They know animation. Do they, do they have a stake in... Uh, well, I guess they don't have a stake in FX. Or do they own FX now? No, I have no idea. I know that I know. Like, um, they probably won't cancel it because it's Deadpool. It makes them money. True. So, and they're not stupid like that. So, no, no, they're not. Yeah, I think a lot of those projects, and again, we'll this. You know, these are stories as they break. But I think we'll find out what happens to these, dependent on how far along in development they are. Yeah, yeah, and there's like a year until the deal deal is actually done. So, That's like, true. if they could get it out, they could get like an, a season of the show out or something I'd before like the deal cancels it. Maybe I'd like that, especially knowing the people who are involved. And speaking of shows in development, that segues very nicely, Matt, into our next topic: two shows that are going to be in development till at least 2019. So don't get your hopes up for seeing any of these anytime this year. Uh, Game of Thrones and Rick and Morty won't be out until 2019, and you know what? I'm fine on both of those. Same, I'm fine. I know the the Game of Thrones. I think each episode is going to be a l- lot longer than um, the other ones. There's also a shorter number of episodes, like six or so. Yeah. So, so it's basically going to be one long movie. That's fine. Take your time. Use all the money. Mm-hmm to you know really make these ones work and hopefully give people an ending they want even though historically mm-hmm. for things that are this beloved and this cult and everything like that it's hard to please every person oh is it ever especially in this situation because you will need to placate both book fans and tv show fans because this is this is you writing an ending to a series of books that has no ending yet yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the books, like, the, the show is, like, way ahead of the books by, like, two books or something. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, they they have to write an ending that George R. R. Martin can either copy or top. Exactly. I, I wonder what kind of writer George R. R. Martin is, because some writers are like, oh, you know, like Stephen King, well, I just sit down and I start writing, and I write and I write and I don't stop until it's done. And other writers are like, oh, well, I start with my ending first, and I work my way back. I want. I wonder what kind of writer George R. R. Martin is, if he's the former or the latter. He seems like the kind that just like sits there in front of like a blank page because you know the books haven't come out yet. So he's <laughs> he's a bit of a procrastinator. <laughs> That's the sort he of just writer. Says, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna check my bank account again. And <laughs> look, 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 because it was very stressful in the touring schedule and everything else. That's that's a quote from Logan Lucky, and when we get into our favorite movies of the year, we'll talk about that one too. That's a long extended joke in Logan Lucky that was fucking brilliant. Uh, but yeah, so you gotta wait on the Rick and Morty, and you gotta wait for the Game of Thrones. Rick and Morty, same too. I'm glad they're taking the time. I'm sure Cartoon Network would be like, no, no, new season every year, new season every year, like The Simpsons and Family Guy, new season every year. I like that Harmon and Roy Lynn feel confident enough to play hardball with them and be like, look, we could do a season every year, but do you want it to be good? 
then let us yeah, take well, our time. Well, that's the thing. Like, Dan Harmon and that have kind of got on by the balls because, like, they, they really want do. it. And and Dan Harmon and that are, like, in charge of it. So they were like, no, we're not going to give you a show until we're done writing good episodes. Until so you're going to have to wait. Even, even in the previous season, it took them forever to actually get to season three because they're like, no, we're actually sitting and talking and working on it and really trying to make it the best show it can be. And really, outside that Vindicators episode, I would say they were all really solid. Yeah, they were really good. They were all really good, and not only really good, but rewatchable. Like first nine seasons of Simpsons, rewatchable, and it's rare that a show ever gets there. Yeah, and it led to some really cool stuff, like memes on the internet with Szechuan sauces. It, 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 it led to Szechuan sauce as well. We we could argue if that was good or bad. <laughs> it was good for entertainment, but bad for like representing a fan base it, it really well i'm sure that's making them think too where it's like you know maybe <laughs> maybe we should take our time with this one and maybe we should not revisit Pickle well no Rick. no in dan Harmon, he'd be like that was so fucking funny i want to fuck with people more he they probably will but here's the thing I wonder, it's like will rick and morty because that's a very south park thing to do clapping back at your audience like this year especially in south park they clapped back at their audience in a huge way. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this 20 seasons in for you to be <laughs> talking to me like this, Trey and Matt. Yes, I can call you by your first names. But because uh, yeah, it feels obvious, like the episode they need to do is they need to do an episode where Rick becomes the most popular guy on Earth and everyone loves him and he becomes a celebrity <laughs> and everyone starts acting like Rick because they think he's cool and Morty is the yeah. only person, the only sane man in the room being like, what the hell are you doing? You people are acting like he, <laughs> he is a monster. Do not be like him. He is basically the <laughs> villain in his own life every time. Yeah, I think that could be a pretty cool episode. But yeah, as you were saying, like it could like go way off the rails and, and, and clap back a bit wrong. It could. You've got to be very careful with that sort of thing because it's a recipe for disaster most times. But I mean, hey... At least we'll always have that guy jumping up on the counter. I'm Pickle Rick! Rick! <laughs> At least we'll always have that guy. Even though I think that shit looks super staged, but even still, that will always be... That That will for now ever be the moment where it's like, oh, and the fan base went off the rails right there. <laughs> See, Lisa, if you slow it down, you can pinpoint... I was just about moment. to do that. I was just about to say that. <laughs> See, look, all these years later, we're still quoting Simpsons, and all these years later, hopefully, if they take their time, we'll still be quoting Rick and Morty. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, more television news here. Uh, to to my eternal surprise and to my pleasant surprise, ultimately, Gifted was greenlit for a second season. Cool. I'm I'm dangerously behind on this show. I'm going to catch up like very soon oh, since oh, I got. Oh man. Let me let me tell I, I've you. Been, I've been hearing what's been happening, and it sounds amazing. These last two episodes, they fucking took it up a notch in a big way. From where it's like, ah, this show's pretty good. Ah, this show's like the X Men show we deserved ten years ago. So I'm like, oh fuck, you're going there, huh? You're actually going there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm glad it's it's getting a second season. This kind of brings me to like what I was making, the point I was making with that Deadpool thing, where it's like mm. they'll be into second season in like a year yeah probably probably finishing the second season in a year which means that's probably going to be its last season before that deal with fox and disney go through so yeah we're probably only gonna get two seasons of gifted you, you gotta wonder too and i wonder if this was a factor 
what kind of contracts did the actors sign and was it cheaper for them to just be like okay just do another season and then we'll take it from there as opposed to oh we'll buy you out of your contracts and everything and we'll you know you're no down or whatever that other thing is for contracts yeah i i don't know it's gonna be interesting what do you know what like the the ratings for 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 gifted are like how's it doing like in terms of like viewership I, I do not. That is a very good question, what the ratings for Gifted are like. I will need to look into that. I know uh, some people, the people who are watching it are really into it, and the people who haven't been won over yet are not won over yet. <laughs> but that's most shows, isn't it? You're either won over or you're not, or you hate watching yeah. it for the longest time. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't- I know I know. recently, um, what's his name, got taken off as EP on it. Um, what's... Oh, uh, yeah. Brian Singer. Um, Brian Singer. They took his name off it, to which they're like, it was no skin off our ass. His name was on it. He wasn't doing anything. Yeah, yeah. I think he like directed the first episode, but that was it. Right, right. Because Singer done did a bad thing. He done did a real... <laughs> M- many people in Hollywood did done did a bad thing, <laughs> and now we must take them away. Like, did you see, uh, what is it, uh, Louis C.K.? Apparently he was, like, in the last episode of that show, Gravity Falls. And Disney's like, okay, digitally take him the fuck out of here now. <laughs> Make Louis go away. And with their Disney <laughs> magic, they made it happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, that, that's like, what's his name? Kevin Spacey being taken out of that film oh, and, yeah. and recast with Christopher Plummer, like, weeks <laughs> before it was coming out. I know, right? That's amazing. It's amazing what they can do with editing and technology. And I'm a huge Christopher Plummer fan, so I'm like, oh, good, Christopher Plummer got more work. It was good though because that movie is apparently getting like good reviews and stuff. That's nice. That's though nice. I kind of feel like it's getting good reviews because of that controversy, right? Where it's like, like no, 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 replacing it's, it. It's like no, it's good. It's great. It's fine. It's it's not spacey, so it gets two not spacey's up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man, uh, was it Baby Driver? Was a good movie this year, wasn't it? It's hard to watch now, isn't it? <laughs> Kevin Spacey being uh, really creepy and controlling of a young boy. Can you believe the balls on this kid is a line of his. <laughs> no, not, not Kevin. I can't. <laughs> I can't at all. Uh, I'm just quirky. No, you're not. You're something else. Uh, again, that's why I said great entertainment kind of fucked up year. 2017 yep. was but uh yeah i feel good for gifted i think it's going in a decent direction my my pitch is if they want to keep the gifted name around but they also kind of don't want to have to deal with the tangled web that they've weaved because the first season was developed before the fox marvel uh, fox marvel disney acquisition if you do a season three of gifted follow a completely different group of people and a completely different group of mutants and basically soft reboot it yeah, yeah. Because it's like, it's it's the show is gifted, not the Struckers or the Mutant Resistance. The show could be about everyone. Like, like wire that shit. Like, season three, we'll just be at the docks for the whole season. We'll be working with the dock workers who are also <laughs> mutants. <laughs> That's what I would do with it. Make every season slightly different. Which, so many shows say they're going to do that, like, 24. Oh, yeah, every season was supposed to be different. Or Heroes, every season was supposed to be different. But then we got complacent and didn't do it. Yeah, it just fell into like like a grind. Every yeah. season was kind of the same kind, like like the Flash. Mm. Although, Every season up until the most recent one is like it, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. So is a speedster who's somehow related to Barry. Yeah. 
they've they've gotten better about that. That that show's coming back soon, right? Isn't it? I hope so. I'm really interested, especially after that last episode. That last episode was really good. That was a hell of a final episode. That was a really good build-up, really good Chekhov's gunning going around yep. there with the knife and everything. That was clever writing. Even bringing in another kind of psychic, mind-like character from the comics and then mixing it around, and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, it was really good. It was very well handled. I'm excited for that to come back. I'm excited for better legends to come back. Because, I mean, that's really what you got to mm-hmm, call the mm-hmm. show now. Better Legends. <laughs> it's Legends, but better. They've, you know, dropped off the stink of the last couple seasons, and they're actually ready to be good now. And funny and self-aware. I guess that's another thing you can chop up to 2017. Uh, Flash uh, got better after that third season slump, and Legends found its voice in the third season. It sure did. Most definitely. Uh, so that's DC Television, which, ooh, I guess we're going to be getting Black Lightning very soon, aren't we, this month? I think so. I don't know when, though. Soon, I think, like in the next couple weeks or so. I'm excited for Black Lightning. I like the idea, and I've stated it before, about a superhero in the CW universe who is an adult and who is going to deal with <laughs> adult problems, unlike all these, like, you know, young adults and all their young adult problems, basically big, <laughs> overgrown teens. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely very interesting and a very interesting premise. And the the one thing and I said it before, the one thing I'm really disappointed with is, is that they seem to assume that it's going to be sort of separate from all the other ones. Like it's right. not going to have like tie-ins or crossovers with the Flash or anything, which is a shame because I'd love like an older Jefferson Pierce telling like Barry to like buck up his ideas and stop together. fucking around. <laughs> Damn it, Barry, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah because you're right well it's like here's the thing if it's popular they're gonna have crossovers and they're gonna have oh, whatever. yeah yeah like they never thought they'd be able to cross over supergirl now they do it once twice a year yeah yeah if they that's just true. if they need to just open another portal so black lightning can come in they'll open another portal <laughs> so black lightning and thunder can come in and hang out for a bit <laughs> to which i'm fine with that also to like like i caught a shot of what tobias whale is gonna look like in the show i'm like oh good he looks like a freaky monster as he should that's good. Yeah, I'm all That's about good. that. I-, I want Black Lightning to fight a freaky monster man who is named <laughs> after a big fish mammal for some reason. Uh, now, that's DC television. Speaking of DC movies, and I said we'd be coming back here again, a uh, bit of movement up on high at DC and Warner Brothers. Walter Hamada has been named the new president of DC Films, which means he's going to be overseeing the superhero division. Who is Walter Hamada, you might be asking? Well, he's part of what they call a team genre over at Warner Brothers, which, Jesus Christ, what an uninventive name that is. Fuck. <laughs> hey what does he do uh, genre movies oh what's his team team genre really wow no wonder <laughs> no wonder you guys are having a rough time now you can't even think of a good name for your teams jesus christ <laughs> but yeah he uh he oversaw it and a bunch of the horror movies that have been doing really well at warner brothers at the moment uh he's flying high right now because you know all those horror movies are made for very tiny budgets and make tons of money back. Like, It was a massive cultural success this year. I think It and Get Out were like the two biggest horror movies of the year and proved, hey, people want to go see horror movies still. Yep. And because they said, hey... Yeah, yeah, It it and Get Out were really good. And it also helped that they were really genuinely good, you know, on top of everything yeah. else. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess their reasoning, you know, the, the money men, the powers that be, the suits at Warner Brothers are like, hey... 
those horror movies kind of have like fantasy power elements in it, right? And some of them are connected and have continuity, kind of like these comic books. Hey, Walter, do you want to run the superhero thing too? It's kind of the same. <laughs> and Walter's like, sure. Or I can only imagine where it's like, oh, okay, so I get a new job, but I also have to pilot a ship that is currently sinking. Oh, and it's on fire, too. Shit. <laughs> but hey, if I fail, no one's going to blame me that bad. And if I succeed, I'm going to look like a goddamn Ubermensch if I do it. I'm going to look like a <laughs> Superman if I get this done. So it's kind of win-win for me. <laughs> yeah so i i hope he i hope he does have his head screwed on when it comes to actually making up these ideas it seems like he does because of the horror films and everything yeah. that he's done but yeah ho hopefully he he's not like who was the who was the guy before him was it john berg yes i want to say i don't really know whose fault it was the last uh, time yeah oh yeah i think it was a it was a combination of everyone's he fault a couple people I will say the thing that strikes me about Walter Hamada is he's young. He's young and hungry, and he's just starting to taste success and everything. And again, as part of team genre, hopefully he understands genre <laughs> movies and genres in general, and maybe he can get this done. Like, he looks part of the generation where it's like, yeah, I remember superheroes as more than, like, you know, comics for kids. I, you know, know that they're, like, cultural touchstones and they're all this other stuff, and they're important. I wish him Godspeed. I wish him the best. And I hope we can, you know, enjoy a DC movie from this newest uh, cycle that isn't Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing now that they've they've done like this shuffle and everything, uh, what what's going to happen? I imagine like half or even more of those like planned movies are now just going to oh. get scrapped. Oh god! And yeah. um, which which is good because it, it's cutting the fat, cutting As the fat is. away from it. Yeah. And um, just focusing on 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 proper films not like who who wants a who wants a goddamn dead shot or lobo film i don't know again you know like i can tell you right now what i would do if i was put in charge of this ship okay this whole shared universe multiple movies thing how about we put that on hold for a minute and concentrate at making one good movie at a time how yeah, exactly. Sense? Just cancel everything that's not already being made and just, you know, kind of start again, sort of. What's, do what's, a Superman film, do a Batman film. I think I think they're going to put all their eggs in Flashpoint at the moment. That seems to be the thing. Like, okay, Flashpoint, yep. this is our this is our get-out-of-jail-free card. This is the make-the-fanboys forgive us for everything we did wrong because we're bringing up a word and a thing from the comics that they know. <laughs> Hail Mary. It worked for the X-Men until it didn't anymore. Because <laughs> let's face it, like what they're trying to do has been done before in Days of Future Past. That was their Hail Mary magic reset button, and it worked until yep. they started fucking up again. Yeah, it, it, the next movie. <laughs> the next movie after they started fucking up again. It's it's Sometimes it's a cure, but a lot of times it's just a band-aid, and if you rip the band-aid off too soon... Yeah, that's like the problem with them doing it right now. It just seems like it's just like, oh, well, we have this now, so we do, we can do whatever we want from now on, and like we can just do a flashpoint every time we get like lower returns. They'll they'll make a movie Justice League Crisis. No, it's fine. We're crisising. It's a thing where we get to <laughs> fix stuff and retcon stuff, and you, and you don't get mad at us. <laughs> as easy as that we've learned that that's that's gonna be a sad day when the movies learn like the tricks that we as comic readers are sick of where it's like oh it's a retcon yeah 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 we we, we meant to do that 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's probably going to be coming very soon. Like, heck, even the concept of reboots, when they figured that out, it's like, no, guys, it, it's okay. If, if, if you did wrong in a superhero movie one time, you can reboot it. You can just do it again with the same title. It's fine. <laughs> People accept that all the time. You can just, you can just do it again. Uh, and, uh, hey, speaking of uh, reboots, there's a big reboot coming from Marvel, actually, of a beloved cult series. Uh, Saladin Ahmed, the guy who everyone is absolutely fawning over, and rightly so, for his work on Black Bolt, he is going mm-hmm. to be penning a brand new resurrected version of The Exiles for Marvel, starring, get this, Blink, the first time we've seen her in God knows how long, uh, a little chibi Wolverine Jr. from like a little tiny chibi universe, uh, old woman Kamala Khan, like an old grizzled cable-esque Miss Marvel, which I fucking love to death in so many ways, and an Iron Man who might be like Vision and Iron Man or Kang and Iron Man, I can't tell. Yeah. Some sort of weird, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. character. And, and apparently that's not it. Apparently there's even more members of the team you've yet to see yet. Yeah, th- this sounds really cool. And he, he, him on Black Bolt, Black Bolt got, I think, I think it was my second favorite book mm. of 2017. Uh, absolutely an amazing book. So if he can do what he did for Black Bolt for this team, mm-hmm. it's going to be so much fun. It's, you know, it's funny, you know, Black Bolt was such a critical darling, even though it was kind of like a cult thing. I think more people are reading it now because they're reading like, what were the best comics of the year? And Black Bolt was on every yeah. list I read and deservedly yeah. so. It was awesome. I wonder, it's funny, after, like, success that big, I wonder if Saladin was like, okay, so I get to be moved up to one of the big books, now I had a critical darling. No, you get an even more niche title. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, um, that's, that, that's, like, DC's, like, uh, Marvel's goal now, they're, like, re, rebranding, like, all these old teams and getting him to, like, do them all, to make them all successful. Yeah, really, before, where it's like, hey, guys, you know... You know, Avengers and Spider-Man could use some new blood, right? And everyone seems to love this guy. He's got a bunch of really unique ideas. Really <laughs> excellent. I mean, like, I love Exiles, too. Don't get me wrong. Exiles is cool. I'm happy to see Blink again. But really, this I, I think this perfectly encapsulated uh, what I think about what Marvel's doing currently business-wise. And it took me... And, and, like, I didn't even come up with this on my own. I'm paraphrasing someone else's tweet, and I'm sorry I can't remember them because they said it perfectly. Marvel's problem in 2018-2017 is not that they don't have good writers. It's not that they don't tell good stories. They absolutely do. The problem is is that their best books are not their flagship titles. And I'm like, oh my god, you're right. Avengers has been boring for the longest time. Spider-Man has been boring for a long time. X-Men, they're afraid to touch because of rights. But hopefully that's going to change now. Yeah, it's like all, all like their like like stuff like Black Bolt is like their best book, but it's like it's like their 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 sort of like mini series sort Absolutely. of thing that they don't really care about, mm. um, and they're putting all their best writers and stuff like that and Star Lord and uh, uh, all that sort of stuff. D- Daredevil under Charles Souls has been amazing yep. this year, but you're either a Daredevil fan or you're not, or you're a street level yeah. fan or you're not. It's off the beaten path. Everyone reads Avengers. Everyone reads Spider Man. Everyone reads the X-Men. Thor under Jason Aaron has been a goddamn amazing epic saga. Maybe one of the greatest runs of all time for the character. And that's saying something because there's been great runs. But again, you've either been in or you're not. 
or you were in, and then the Jane thing, you know, freaked you out because we're vagina persons. In which case, don't come back <laughs> if that bothered you. If that was a problem for you, I'm sorry. That says more about you than the book. Uh, again, like they, they, again, Miss Marvel has been amazing, but it's also a niche title, and it sells killer yeah. in trades and sells killer in digital more than yeah. the other books. But Marvel doesn't like to recognize digital sales for some reason because they're still married to the store model in 2018, even though stores are dying. But you know, okay then, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I'm totally on board for Exiles, and I never thought in 2018 I'd say, "Yo, new Exiles." I'm definitely <laughs> Here's another thing, too. A book being led by a prominent X-Men, and, like, Exiles was always kind of, like, more connected to X-Men than anything. I think this is the first shot fired in the, okay, we're making X-Men a big deal again. Well, like, this and, like, um, obviously we just had, we're just having the, um, the return of Jean Grey and we're getting X-Men Red and just, like, all these, like, sort of big events Professor for X the X-Men. kind of. yeah. Yeah, yes, Wolverine's coming back, you know, all these are like, they're sort of, they, they knew it was happening, so they're, yeah. they're sort of ushering it in now. And it's like, if the deal didn't go through, they could easily have pulled back on it, because it was subtle enough. Yep. Like, yeah, Wolverine showed up at the end of Captain America this week, and he's like, hey, Bob, I'm looking for my buddy Steve, he's not here, Ah, drats. Yep. It's like... Wolverine, don't don't you have super sense? Can't you like sniff him out wherever she is? Like I, I, I never expected you to be the kind of guy to take no for an answer. <laughs> oh, hey man, speaking of Black Bolt and Captain America, and we were uh, one of the things that has been bugging the shit of me about Mark Wade's new run is that this Captain America refuses to reference or talk about Secret Empire. Meanwhile, in the new Black Bolt for this week, Cap meets Black Bolt and says, "I'm sorry." For everything Hydra did to your people in my name, it horrifies me. It keeps me up at night. Can you ever forgive me, Black Arbolt? Yeah, I well, I think I think this Black Bolt series is a little ahead. Like I think like like um obviously like Mark Wade's Captain America is like the days after Secret Empire, right, right. Uh, like days and weeks. That this is probably a couple because he's because he's back being like an Avenger as Captain America and everything. That's right, where he's not in this book, he's kind of off doing his own thing. But that moment in yeah. Black Bolt was so fucking good and so like necessary. I'm like, why is this not in the main Cap book? This is too good to be off to the side here like this cap needs again it's like what we've we've been saying like all this good shit is happening in books that like no one's reading until it gets like on like on like our best of lists or like in trades and stuff there's a there's rumors i didn't put this down on the news list but but the talk is is that you know uh what is it halfway through 2018 we're going to be seeing like another big turnaround like after all these books hit like their big legacy numbering like their big anniversary issue thing we're going to see the writer shakeup that bleeding cool has been talking about forever where jason aaron will take avengers nick spencer will take spider-man and ta-nehisi coates will take uh black panther and that will be part of their new big shooken up line Cool, I, I'm down for that if that turns out to be true. I like Jason those. Aaron Avengers, holy shit. Did you see the fucking saga he wrote for Thor? Could you imagine <laughs> what he could do for the Avengers? Because, like, here's the thing. I like Mark Wade. I've been reading all of his Avengers. I try and find the good in his Avengers. But, like, they've gone through three different changes in, like, two years. And that book never gets started. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. I think it's pretty it's, it's pretty good, but like, yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of just like 
just there, just sort of sitting there. It shouldn't be what it is. It should be like this grand sort of flagship book. It should be more important. Now, maybe we're going to get in that in Avengers No Surrender because they seem to be being that as like, mm-hmm. this is the big thing. This will change up the Avengers. We'll have one Avenger book with a bunch of different teams in it. And then when it's done, we'll crystallize into the team we're going to have moving forward. Yeah, that starts this coming week. Yes, yes. God, they are not giving us a fucking break, are they? Like, even during Christmas, <sighs> you and I worked our asses off, and I'm still not done everything. No, I'm still not done. I am I'm. I keep looking at my list, and it, it just laughs at me. Yeah, what, what, what do I have here? I have Nightwing from this week and last week I didn't get to. Same with Deathstroke. Miss Marvel from a couple weeks ago and Green Arrow from a couple weeks ago. Two books I love that I haven't even gotten to read yet because other shit was taking precedent. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, that's that, that's what I do for you people. I don't read my favorite books first because I know <laughs> other books need to be done. And also because if I don't do it, I won't be able to pay rent. But, you know, <laughs> that's that's another thing that happens. So, uh, hey, some more good news as we go into 2018 here. Uh, Greg Wiseman said on Twitter that we can expect Young Justice Season 3 in late 2008. Or 2018. Cool. <laughs> 2000. to 2008. Look. <laughs> The show is released, but you need to go back in time to watch it. <laughs> Greg Wiseman has been developing uh, time travel technology. He's opened a portal and thrown all the DVDs back in time. <laughs> you can only watch it if you can get to 2008. <laughs> now, this, now, this uh, Justice League Season 3, of course, is on that new DC app where we'll be seeing that live-action Teen Titans show, too. Mm-hmm. Which I gotta say, those costumes they've shown so far for that live-action Teen Titans show look really good, dude. Hawk and Dove look amazing. Why do Hawk and Dove look so good? They look better there than they've looked in anything ever. <laughs> they look so good, and you know what it is? I was like, I was like, who the hell is doing the costuming? It's the woman who did the first Iron Man. She's the one doing the costume. Wow. I mean, I'm like, there it is. That's the reason. Whatever that lady is getting paid. It's not enough. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> just give her all the things now from all on. Like, that That lady is just fucking killing it. Like, I never thought it's like, oh, you know, live action Titans show. I'm totally excited for that. Yo, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, it looks good. Where it's like, if they're going to look like that, sign me the fuck up. It's funny, too, the Hawk and Dove thing. You can really tell how old certain comic fans are. It's like, I thought it was a brother and brother team, not a brother and sister team. And I'm like, oh, not for a long time. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder too, with Hawk and Dove, if they're going to tackle what their original comic book storyline was. Which, for those of you who don't know, they were two brothers. The red one was a conservative. The blue one was a liberal and when their father, a moderate, is murdered, they must put aside their political differences and come together to solve the crime. And their powers only work when they come together. Well, I think in this current political climate, they will definitely be doing that. They'll definitely be doing those. I mean, it would be nice if they could do a story like that where you didn't roll your fucking eyes at it. It would be hard to do something like that now where you didn't roll your eyes at it. <laughs> uh but yeah so that's uh that's that everybody young justice season three excited for it i i want to see more about it like they came up with that artwork they said it was happening and then radio silence yeah nothing no story details not even like like who exactly 
is on the team like no. it could be like like we know obviously there's like the main players but yeah not no on who's going to be in the group or who's going to guest star stuff like that they never even 100 percent confirmed how many voices are coming back yeah yeah which i mean i would hope they get everybody back i mean they're all working yeah. voice actors so you know they they'd like the gigs or whatever but still you mm-hmm. know that's something i really want to know uh, yeah. Another story here talking about the future of Marvel Comics in 2018. Apparently, and this this further highlights what I was saying er- earlier about uh, books hitting milestones and then apparently getting shuffled around again, hopefully for the last time. Despicable Deadpool, the rumor is it's going to be rebranding after issue number 300 and going back to being just called Deadpool. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know, right? It's like <laughs> you just fucking start. Here's the thing, too. I've been reading this arc of Despicable Deadpool. I don't like it very much, mainly because it's not focusing at Deadpool at all. It's become a cable book starring Deadpool. <laughs> it's become a ca- companion cable book for the cable book. <laughs> it, it really fucking has been, and that's what annoys me. I'm like, Cable has his own fucking book. If you wanted to tell this story, tell it in that <laughs> book. Because, like, the promise of Despicable Deadpool, it's like, oh, you know, after the horrible things he did in Secret Empire, you know, Deadpool's been disowned by the superhero community. He's going back to his anti-hero roots. We're not seeing any of that. He's just tagging along with Cable while Cable fights Strife. Well, I'm kind of glad I dropped it then. I was really looking forward to it as well because his stuff in Secret Empire was really good. Him and the Sam book were maybe the two best aspects of Secret Empire, which, yes, was the best Marvel event of the year. Fight me on it. And also, you know it's true (laughs) because nothing else even touched it. Oh, come on. Civil War, too. I mean... (laughs) Secret Empire was so good, it went back and actually retconned some stuff from Civil War 2 to try and make it more palatable. Which, give give me an event that does that. Give me an event that tries to retroactively make another event better. (laughs) But yeah, so Despicable Deadpool possibly rebranding. Another reason they said the rebranding might make sense here is that around the time it reaches issue number 300 is around the time the new Deadpool 2 movie is coming out. There you go. So to avoid confusion, there they're just going to go back to being called Deadpool. I don't. Yeah, I don't... and and any I, I I guess as well. Like when they go back to being called Deadpool, he won't be a villain anymore. He'll be like that anti Ryan Reynolds anti hero yeah. sort of villain. He'll he'll be back to being that guy. It's like hey, you've you've served your time enough. Despicable Deadpool being in the doghouse, but no, seriously, that we want you to hang out with the Avengers again and all these other characters, and we don't want it to be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I wonder will they will they address Preston because you know he cut up his best friend who was a robot and mailed her parts everywhere. I wonder if they're gonna finally address what the fuck happened there. Yeah, yeah, as well as like the stuff with like Coulson. Does that like getting explained at all? Or? Exactly. Yeah, what's gonna happen there? D- Deadpool killed Coulson. Everybody, in case you didn't know that, like like legitimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out it's legitimate. I've thought for the longest times, like, ah, he didn't kill him. He killed, like, a life model decoy or, like, let him escape or something. But no, apparently he fucking killed him. Now, now, I haven't read Tales of Suspense, but obviously Black Widow is back from the dead in that book, seemingly. Maybe if she can be back from the dead, he can be back from the dead. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the first issue, it wasn't very clear whether she is. There's someone going around using her symbol, but, um... they're not too sure because it's like Bucky and Clint teaming up to try and find her. That's another book I wanted to read because it's an interesting bit of fallout from uh, Secret Empire, like trying to answer some questions. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, Continuing on in possible things, and this is 100% rumor, but I very much believe it. uh, Are X-Men Gold and Blue ending in summer uh, 2018 
to make room for whatever new X-Men books they're going to be doing now because they own the rights to it and they can finally make mutants a bigger deal. I could see that happening. I could too. And again, I'm okay with you changing it again. I'm okay with you reshuffling, but you gotta fucking keep it this time. <laughs> like, like the last three times, like, yeah, we're, we're, we're reshuffling the X-Men team, everybody. Extraordinary X-Men and Uncanny X-Men starring Magneto. It's gonna be the last time we shuffle. Uh, X-Men Gold and Blue, we're reshuffling it again. We promise this will be the last time. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd like for them just to go back to just, like, an X-Men book. Just a book called X-Men. I think that's what they're going to do. I really think that's the thing. To finally be like, hey... Look how much we're going back yeah. to the old school. There's two X-Men books now, X-Men and Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, well, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, and Astonishing X-Men or something. Because right. well, I think oh, I think, I, I think Astonishing X-Men is going to have three acts, and then it's going to end. Because Act 1 finished last issue, and I think it's got maybe a couple more to go. Yeah, that one seemed to have a shelf life on it. And maybe an X-Force. When the X-Force movie comes out, we'll try and get a new one of them going. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the X-Force movie does come out. <laughs> if it even gets off the ground. We'll see about that now. Who knows? It might not. Might be Disney's <laughs> X-Force. Might be Marvel's X-Force. <laughs> and uh, one last story here. This is also talking about Marvel. But hey, you, you like that Venom, huh, Matt? Do you like Venom? Is he fun? Do you like his big black gooiness? Mm -hmm. Not really. No, well, guess what? Appar <laughs> apparently Venom, he's, go he's going to be the breakout star of 2018. He had Venomverse. Now he had Venom Inc. that's crossing over with all the Spider-Man books. And now apparently also he's going to get another big... Oh, no, he's getting an X-Men crossover very soon as soon as venom inc ends he's gonna go into an x-men crossover for some reason and now cullen bunn says he's getting an even bigger crossover that's gonna tie in avengers and a bunch of other books but it's gonna be called venomized why are they so obsessed with venom it's a weird thing where it's like look we don't own the rights to his movie we're not we're not making the venom movie but we might like to reap some of the money with this newfound interest in Venom. It's kind of like with X-Men, where it's like, okay, well, we're going to have a new X-Men event to tie into the new X-Men movie, even though we didn't have the rights to it and had no hand in it, but we still wanted to kind of reap the benefits of it. It's so strange. It's absolutely strange. It's the damnedest. The story of this is that the Poisons, the interdimensional, symbiote-eating villains from Venomverse are going to be breaking into the main universe, and we discover that their leader is a symbiote-covered Thanos. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, this sounds like fan fiction already. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so the Avengers need, assumedly, Eddie Brock's help to stop to stop the poisons. And, and stop symbiote <laughs> Thanos to save the day. And I'm like, none of this sounds appealing to me. Like, that's that's a lot of shit that probably sounded cool on paper, but the more you pitched to me, I'm just like, nah, brah, nah. They're looking for, they're going for that, you know, 13-year-old demographic. You don't fucking venomize Thanos. So fucking awesome. So fucking awesome. The funny thing is, is that, you know, I've been reading Venom, Inc., and it's been pretty enjoyable, Mainly, I've been reading it for Flash Thompson, though, because they're finally addressing what the <laughs> fuck happened there with him. <laughs> which is always good. Actually, hey, speaking of which, did, did, did a part of Venom Inc. come out this week and I missed it? Because it's going through Amazing Spider-Man and Venom, like the main Venom series. Do I just get, like, facial blindness for the Venom book whenever it's on the shelf? 
I've I've no fucking idea. I don't give a fuck about those books. <laughs> no, I I know you don't. But yeah, so that's that's the last uh, story story of the week, everyone. We hope you liked it. We hope Matt and I were able to get you up to speed. And with that, we'll hop on into our favorite things of the year of, that was 2017. We got lots of favorite things. Uh, Matt, I'll, I'll I'll let you start first. What's what's one thing you really enjoyed in 2017? Be it a comic, be it a movie, be it a video game, be it anything. Ooh, ooh, well, I'll start with comics, and uh, that was obviously Peter Tomasi's Superman. Yes, man, how fucking cool was that? Like, basically everything Superman was firing on all cylinders this year, but Tomasi's especially. Yeah, yeah, his his Superman solo book is is absolutely amazing, and uh, stuff like Superman Reborn with, that with was him, my, Dan Jurgens, yeah. all those people amazing in a year that was filled with amazing superman stories like the mr oz stuff and like you know manchester black and everything else the superman reborn story was by far my favorite superman story this year maybe in a long time yeah it was so good and it's still continuing to be good like that super sons of tomorrow story that's going on at the moment absolutely incredible it was a little weird in that last issue they kind of felt like they threw everything in the kitchen sink at it there (laughs) in that final issue where i'm like what the fuck is going on and then they're like okay this is done but but go read super sons to find out what happened next (laughs) <laughs> like that story went fucking nuts at the end where it's like oh two of the titans betrayed them and also a big time bomb and also the titans of tomorrow came in and connor and superman <laughs> are talking but not nearly long enough and evil tim is like oh give me the power <laughs> give me the power oh but it doesn't kill me though it just throws me through time <laughs> but that's I what i love I want. but but that's what i wanted maybe <laughs> and i'm like this when i was done reading that I'm like this cannot be the end of the story what the fuck happened <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's uh th- that story was nuts and yeah superman has just been just been killing it across the board yeah it's been so good it, fe- it feels really good to be able to like superman again because there was a couple years there in the new 52 where it's like oh I-, I guess i'll just never have to read superman again huh yeah the lodell run <laughs> yeah it's like I, gu- I guess i'll just stop reading superman forever then yeah which, which I'm sure is how some fans felt during, like, Electric Blue and Red Superman, where it's like, oh, I, I guess I can stop forever now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, it did get to a point like that, like, like halfway through the New 52, where you're like, do I even bother? Do I even Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> no, no, nothing will matter. And I think part of that is what makes Superman Reborn so great, because it's like, hey, we've brought back the Superman you love. We fused him with New 52 Superman. And here you go, it's the Superman you remember. It's 100% pure, uncut Colombian Superman up your nose. (laughs) And not only that, they also brought back, they're like, hey, this is the Superman you love, and what comes with that is the stories you love. So all the stories you love of that Superman are now canon. Yes, which is what people were yelling at them forever. It's nice to feel them, you know, finally get that and finally put it all together. That was yep. really great. And they even do some amazing stuff with, uh, what is it, with Mixie, with Mr. Mixelplick there. They actually kind of turned him into a sad, tragic character and have a genuinely great twist in a comic book story. And I can't remember the last time there's been a comic book mystery with a twist that made me go like, oh, that was really good. Yeah, they, they, they make him important again. They do. I think he's due to come back anytime soon now, right? I figure they could revisit that story at some point. He could come back very soon. I would I would be all for that. I, I like that one a whole lot. 
uh, I guess for me, for something I liked this year, uh, it's funny, a lot of the stories I really loved to death are stories that aren't done yet, and I felt a little awkward putting them on the list. Like, Doomsday Clock so far has been great. Yeah. Been too yeah. crazy. But it's not, it's not finished, though. It's not finished. It could easily go off the rails. It could easily shit the bed. I'm not saying it will. In fact, I think they're doing it very subtly and very respectively. Like, this week, we mm-hmm. saw Batman and Rorschach meet each other for the very first time. Yeah, and it wasn't some big fight or anything. No, they no. just they just talk. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was all very relaxed and reserved, like Ozymandias meeting Lex Luthor. No big fight or anything. It's just them two talking. They talked, and they they even put a joke in there too, where it's like Lex doesn't take Ozymandias seriously when he tells him his plan to bring about world peace. He's like, "Really? That was your plan, huh? And you're surprised it didn't last, huh?" <laughs> wow for for the smartest man on your world you're kind of a dumbass and then for rorschach it's like you know batman comes in did you eat my pancakes yeah it great is so great rorschach yeah yes sentence fragment i ate your pancakes then i took an upper decker in your toilet <laughs> get, get ready for that when you flush master bruce yeah, yeah but you won't know which toilet because <laughs> you have so many enjoy playing <laughs> russian roulette toilet you jerk. <laughs> uh but yeah that was that was really well handled uh doomsday clock was good dark knight's metal which even though that's not done even though that's only like four issues in has had a glut of content between all the one shots and special issues and like two crossovers yeah oh my god the stuff they've been doing in that series has just been as a fan of like the dc like universe in terms of like all the like crazy shit they've been doing with that and in the universe is just amazing yeah most most definitely that or that uh that comic just when you think you know what's going on it throws you a curveball and again it's been great so far it could shit the bed at the end in fact as much as i Mm -hmm. love scott snyder i will admit the man has a problem with endings he's gotten better like from court of owls onward his endings have gotten a lot better but his endings usually leave a little to be desired usually it's the penultimate issue that's the best one he's kind of like game Mm -hmm. of thrones in that regard no no no. the the episode before the final episode is the best one yeah but yeah i'm excited to see where that one goes uh Another comic not done yet, but amazing, and every issue is a smorgasbord and gives me so much to chew on and think about, and it's challenging and interesting in a way few comics actually are. Batman White Knight. Yeah, oh god. I've just I just before we started this, I finished reading the most recent issue. So good. How good absolutely is it? amazing. Like Sean Gordon Murphy, like for one, it looks beautiful. For one, it's a beautiful piece of art, mm-hmm. so stylistic. Uh, so like reminiscent of other Batman, but also kind of doing its own thing. But also like the balls on this guy to tell a story about what is essentially the Batman industrial complex and how Batman's crusade is secretly bad for Gotham in the way that it keeps the rich rich and the poor poor without him even knowing it. And to have yeah. Jack Napier be the hero of the story and him like revealing all these truths about everything that's wrong with the city and everything that's wrong with like, you know, police corruption, but us never really knowing if he's doing this because he, if he believes it's right or if because this is the Joker playing like a super long con. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff with the two Harleys. Oh, my God. Oh, that that stuff was really good with that one Harley just becoming Neo Joker and oh. Absolutely perfect. It really, really, really good. 
It is, and like just just it does so many interesting things. It is an excellent Elseworlds. It is really great, and it gives you way more to think about and chew on than your average superhero story. And it's funny too, because it's like the stuff he's saying about like, oh, is Batman secretly bad for Gotham City? This this is stuff that we fans have joked about forever. Where it's like, oh, well, you know, if Batman mm-hmm. really wanted to fight crime, he you know he'd give some of his super awesome Kevlar to the police so they wouldn't die on mass whenever there's a supervillain attack. Yeah, yeah, but no, and yeah, they 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 talk about that in in this new issue with the 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 super cops. They do. Like, we're gonna use this three billion dollars to like give you all like cool looking Mad Max cars. Oh yeah, and Joker being like, you know, I'm not asking to get rid of superheroes. We have super crime, and it's a problem. I'm only asking that superheroes be held to the same standards as your average police officer. That they need to be vetted. They need a badge, and they need to wear body cams. And I'm like. You know what, in the year 2018, it'd be kind of douchey if heroes said no to that sort of thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's really funny as well, because when I was reading that, I was like, oh, this this is kind of like that new Justice League that's going bit. on at the moment. Little Little, with, with the superheroes having to be ha- held accountable for what they do. That's, that's another thing I like this year. Christopher Priest breathed some new life into Justice League and made it much more interesting than it's been in a very long time by essentially giving the Justice League Avengers problems. Yeah, and it, it works. It really it totally does. works. I, I like it too because Christopher Priest isn't kissing Batman's ass out of the gate. Batman's yeah. like, you know, oh guy, I'm tired, Nightwing, I'm run ragged, I'm on all these teams, I, all of this is expected of me, I'm coming apart at the seams, and now there's a copycat running around dressed as me killing people. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, he's not he's not doing the whole bat wank thing. No, and he's he's making him like a like a, a real character, how a real person who dresses up as Batman would be if they were on to the Justice League, yeah. the JLA, and whatever else. Get, making him a guy with problems, and also making him much more believably fallible than I think Tom King has tried to make him fallible mm-hmm. in a bunch of his work. Because like in issue one of Christopher Priest's new run. The Justice League fuck up a hostage situation, and a kindly old nun dies. And the reason they fuck it up is because Batman had been, like, up for 72 hours, and he was slow, and he was overtired, and his reaction time was just buggered. And because of it, they they fucked up. They fucked up, and they did bad, and it was all Batman's fault. Yeah, and, like, he his, um organization of like the team was like all wrong like he sent the wrong people to the wrong yeah. disaster yeah it's like you know we, we look to you for this bruce and you're dropping the ball with it and obviously one of the reasons priest is doing this too is because he's trying to build the importance of cyborg where people are saying like cyborg you know <laughs> technologically you're way ahead of all your other teammates you don't need to sleep you don't really need to eat you can process problems a million times faster than all of these people with their human brains why aren't you leading? Yeah, yeah, and that's like in this current issue where like Simon voices that is like, why is Batman like the like the one sort of in charge? Why isn't someone else in charge? Why is just this guy yeah. in charge of like people with all these amazing abilities? Like I know he has a tactical mind and everything, but even that, as has been shown, that can be put under a lot of pressure because he's only human, and at the end of the day, it doesn't mm-hmm. work near as well. Yeah. And, and it actually kind of subtly ties in nice to Dark Knights, too, where it's like, well, maybe Batman has only been as good at everything as he has because Barbatos was watching his back. 
Yeah, and I like that. I like that about metal that they explain that. <laughs> it's like it's not that Batman is perfect and that Batman makes no mistakes. It's that Batman was like literally playing with cheats turned on this whole time. Yeah, he literally had a god watching his back. Yeah, yeah. like he's good and everything, and he worked for all of this and he suffered for all of this. But he also had like a Lovecraftian horror mixing things from the <laughs> shadows to make sure to make sure he never died too hard because <laughs> he needed him. And I'm like, oh, that's clever and that's fun. And Justice League is clever and fun and it's got some cool stuff in there. Uh, I, I guess do you have anything for movies or TV, Matt. I, I wrote a whole thing out for shit that I actually really liked. Yeah, movies. Um, This was a year where there was like so many good movies. There really was. So many the Golden Globes um, are going on as we talk about this right now, mm -hmm. and literally everything that won, I'm like, oh, that's good, that's good too. Yeah, yeah, everything that that that's winning, and and all the people that are winning, uh, strongly deserve it. I liked um, uh, James Franco just won like Best Actor or something for like a comedy for Disaster Artist. That yes. was a great film. That was really fun. Now I, I've of course read the audio book, and I'm sure you did too, right? Yep. They, yeah. they they ultimately stick pretty close to Greg Sestero's story. They cut out all the stuff of him trying to be an actor on the side, but by and large, that's how it happened. Yeah, it was it was a great great to see like them recreate scenes from oh, yeah. the film because they did it really well. There was a part like in the credits they show you like the side by sides, mm -hmm. and and it's it's pretty spot on. It's basically the most expensive, most you know time consuming fan film ever done really yeah and they did it and it's like it's good and like franco does become uh tommy Wiseau. he really he really does like he actually deserves all this best actor nomination stuff yeah it's funny because like i hadn't seen like tommy Wiseau in like videos or anything for a long time so like when i saw like the trailers for it, i'm thinking oh god he's like he's like doing an over acting yeah. of, of tommy Wiseau, and then i saw like some video of him throwing a laptop in a pool or something and i'm like no he he, he got it he got it right he, he got, got it. it right he freaking nailed it and even all like all the usual suspects of like you know uh seth rogan features are in there too because well i mean seth rogan himself is in there paul schreer is in there just a lot of really good supporting uh roles in that movie as well yeah definitely that one uh that one definitely has now i have a bunch of movies here on my list what's uh, what's one i would like to talk about uh we we mentioned baby driver we mentioned get out already those are two really awesome movies uh we mentioned logan lucky for a second but you know let's mention it again really awesome heist movie starring channing tatum yep. and james bond and also kylo ren who's in two of my favorite <laughs> movies of the year <laughs> Yeah, Kylo Ren without with like one arm. <laughs> this, this is the year I'm like, okay, Adam Driver, you got me. This is the year where I'm like, all yeah. right, you are a very interesting talent, and I am a fan of you now. Yeah, I think his career is going to just skyrocket, especially after like Logan Lucky and The Last Jedi. It's yeah. going to go places. But yeah, yeah, this was a good film. I really liked um, Daniel Craig in oh, it yeah. as like this slightly effeminate like bank robber. D damn near unrecognizable in this movie. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he changes his voice, he changes the way he stands. Like he is character acting like a motherfucker in this movie. And it's like, oh yeah, you were good before Bond, and you'll be good after Bond, won't you? 
Yeah, th- this is like him saying, "Don't worry, I'll have a job after James Bond." And <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a really good actor. But my favorite bit is when he takes the gummy bears and he's talking about the chemistry of how this will create an explosion <laughs> in a big long joke. Look, you're fucking making shit up. This isn't gonna happen. You're stupid. Why would anything? Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, uh, th- that and, uh, what is it, Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, two movies wholly built around, uh, what is it, that uh, that old country song there. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, what the fuck is it? I'm yeah, um, John Denver's. Yeah. And I, I know the one you're talking about. I can't remember what the song's called, but it's a John Denver song. Uh, what is it? West Virginia. Yeah, c- country Roads. Country Roads, yeah. Man, what is up with that? Two movies in the same year were built around the same John Den. What are the odds? Was there something in the water this year? What was up with that? <laughs> I, uh, I I liked Golden Circle, too. I, I didn't think it was maybe as fresh or original as the first Kingsman, but I thought it was fine. It was a good continuation. It was. Every, everyone was telling me, I know our mutual friend Mitch didn't enjoy it. Everyone was telling me, like, oh, God, it's like Men in Black 2. I'm like, no, it is not Men in Black 2. Calm, calm down. I like that it leans more into, like, the the, the zany, com- yes. slightly campy Bond sort of stuff. Yes, it leaned way heavier into the absurdity than uh, the first one did, which, hey, that's, that's what the James Bond movies did as times went on. They got more and more uh, absurd. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that was a good one. Uh, what what else did you have that you wanted to talk about, Matt? TV, movies, video games, whatever you've really been enjoying. I'm just sticking with movies. The the my most favorite movie of 2017 was Blade Runner 2049. I have not seen that yet. I'm happy oh, to you enjoyed it. Go go watch it. Watch it. if you haven't seen the first one in a while. Go watch the first one. Yeah. But then go go watch this one and and watch the three shorts that came out before it because they oh. sort of tie into it. Uh, but oh, absolutely amazing film in in every aspect. That's good. That's good. I know. I know. Whenever they do like these big kind of sequel, kind of reboot things, they're like almost always crapshoots. I'm glad this one worked. Oh no, this was not a crapshoot in any way, and it's got me excited for the director, um, Denny Villeneuve's. Mm. Uh, he's doing a reboot of um, Dune next. Oh, interesting! So uh, I'm really excited for that. The spice must flow, Matt. The spice must flow. It must. <laughs> uh, where are some other good movies? Oh, uh, well, this one already won an award tonight, and very much deserved of it. Uh, Coco, did you get a chance to see Coco, Pixar's new one? I have, yes. Man, you know, it's like it's easy to hate Pixar because they win every year the best animation prize, even when they don't deserve it, like in years when there's a Leica movie. They're basically the Yankees of animation, but god <laughs> damn it, every so often, well, not even every so often, more often than not, they'll come out with a Coco and you'll be like, fuck, you made it look easy, didn't you? God damn it. <laughs> you are good at this, aren't you? And like, and like, even in the beginning tour, it's like, well, you know, it's it's your standard hero's journey story. We've seen this before. Oh, you know, the big twist. It's a little easy to call, but god damn it, the music and the world building and the <laughs> use of Dilo Dilomos Huerto's culture and everything. And god damn it, they just nail it. And like that last five minutes when they sing Remember Me, if you are not moved to tears in that last five <laughs> minutes, you are you are dead inside, sir. You are made of stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, C- Coco was good. It was. It was a really good film. It was good. Like, God damn it, Pixar. You, you, you did it again. 
<laughs> now, here's the fun. Did you know Coco was actually supposed to originally be called Remember Me? And for the longest time, it was actually called Remember Me. Really? Yes, it was supposed to be called Remember Me for the longest time, but it was... I forget why they changed it. Like, they felt that, like, it wouldn't do good in some markets because the translation of Remember Me gets a little weird. And also where it's like, well, that doesn't sound like a fun animated kids movie. Remember Me? That sounds weird. <laughs> Even though Remember Me is a huge part of the movie, it's basically the overarching phrase. Yeah, yeah. I remember, too, a lot of people are like, oh, isn't this a lot like that other movie, uh, Book of Life? Yes and no is what it is. I actually think both movies stand on their own pretty well. I, I, I liked Book of Life, but I think Coco is a little better. Yeah, yeah, Coco is really, really good. All, all original songs, too, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Coco is so good. Uh, what, what else did you have to talk about, Matt? Uh, one one final film, which was a Netflix documentary called Jim and Andy. Oh yeah, about Jim Carrey and uh, Andy Kaufman. I I keep meaning to yep. start this, but I know it's going to be a big like investment. Tell me tell me about it. It's it's really good. It's uh, basically just a documentary on Jim Carrey and how he got into character to play the legendary comedian Andy Kaufman in men on the moon yes. and it's got when when he was filming that film he got um the guy who played oh the the original bob zamuda who was like andy kaufman's best friend to right. document the set and everything like do it do like behind the scenes shooting and everything and no one has seen that footage for 10 years and they used yeah. it in this documentary so you could see what a, see what he, his process and everything was like and it it's pretty good just it's a, really good just a crazy amount of work put into one biopic oh oh god yeah yeah but it, it was absolutely amazing what what jim carrey did and it kind of reminded me that like yeah he's he's like a really funny comedian and physical com comedian and everything but he's also a really damn good actor he is and it's like he'll put out a couple stinkers in a row like he'll do like a bruce almighty or he'll do something where you're like what and then he'll put out ones that like aren't great but they're fun like uh like uh yes man or fun with dick and jane where it's like oh he's charming and then he'll do like a man on the moon or he'll do a i love you philip morris and you're like holy mm -hmm. shit Jim Carrey is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's what this this film shows, that he, he's a really good actor. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that one out then. Definitely. Man, Netflix had so much good shit this year. This was really the year of Netflix. I think something that you and I both loved in terms of series, American Vandal. Mmm, mmm. So good. I can't wait for the next season. Oh, they're doing another season. I think so, yeah. That's cool. I, I wonder if they're going to make a joke about how second seasons of Netflix, things like this, are rarely ever as good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, American Vandal, if you were like me and Matt, and if you've ever held a camera, and if you've ever worked in like audiovisual and film at school and everything, this is so goddamn truthful and so like accurate in its portrayal. It almost hurts. Like, I sat in awe of that show. And and you wouldn't think it from the trailer. In the trailer, like, <laughs> it's it's a funny parody of crude tr uh, true crime documentaries like the ones Netflix does. Only instead of, like, a grisly murder, it's about a kid who draws dicks on cars at his high school. <laughs> and then you watch it and you're like, oh, my God, there is so much going on in this. 
yeah it it was so good and yeah as you said like since we both did audio visual stuff in school and stuff like that it it, you you feel a bit more invested in it because you understand what they're all going through and everything it is and like like whoever wrote this whoever wrote the characters in this gets modern day high school students like i knew everyone in that show i went to high school with people in that show from like the kid who lies about all the sex he had which obviously he hasn't everyone fucking knows he didn't yeah to to even the main kid uh what is it What, what was his name dylan yeah yeah dylan which ironically uh my school had a dylan and his name was also dylan where it's like, it's so clear you're acting out for attention. Jesus, will someone pay attention to this kid, please? And, and I, I always got stuck with that kid for, like, drama assignments, and I would actually try and give him some attention and be like, hey, you're doing good work. You read that script good. And he'd actually <laughs> and he'd actually care for a minute, and then as soon as he left the class, he stopped caring, and it's like, god damn, this, this kid's a 24-hour commitment, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's like one of those kids where it's like i should really check up with him one day because he might be dead or in jail like those are the only two <laughs> for him like like you ever meet a kid from high school who is a real fuck up and you're like man you're gonna have a rough adulthood and you see that they're not dead or in jail and it's like oh good for you way to way to beat my odds <laughs> but yes uh, american vandal is great if you if you love true crime if you love comedy if you love parody if you love really truthful, like, uh, teenage stories, I think that's a real winner. Yeah, definitely. What uh, What else did you have, Matt, now that we've moved on to TV and Netflix series and the like? Um, well, just keeping with Netflix series, did you watch uh, Mindhunter? I did not watch Mindhunters. I kind of missed that one, but I know people were right into it. It was, it was about serial killers, right? Yeah, I was kind of late to the party as well, but then one day I sat down and watched some of it, and I couldn't stop watching it. It is so good that's good. so good yeah it's about um like the early days of like criminal profiling oh and um the the uh the, the fbi agents who who sort of started that and started sort of interviewing serial killers and trying to figure out what they did and why they did it right okay that does sound fant- uh fascinating that that is my genre i do love a good true crime yeah, the the guy they got to play, I can't remember his name, but he's like one of the main first guys they interview. He he's he plays a really good serial killer. It, it's nice. it's very scary. This uh this year too was a good year for animation. We of course got the final season of Samurai Jack. How fun was that? Oh, that was so good. I think they saved the best for last for that. I like that the show was able to grow with the audience and they were able to show blood and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was always nice. Uh, some more kind of offbeat shows. Obviously, BoJack Horseman came out this year for another season. And I think BoJack Horseman has kind of started a trend now in TV animation where it's like, oh, you can have a comedy that's a comedy and it's funny, but it can also be sad and introspective. Like, TBS did a show this year called Tarantula. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. It's very much in the same thing where it's like you follow around this hippie more or less for like 10 animated episodes as he gets into hijinks with all these like people who live in like his boarding house. And it's very like, you know, ah, poverty, very like, you know, like um, inner city shenanigans they get into. And then the last episode, you actually hear like the origin of this guy who's been helping everyone with their problems. And it starts off with being like, oh, I was married once and then my kid died and I started drinking for years and it never stopped until just recently. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> rarely in animated comedies do you get a character saying oh yeah and then my kid died 
Yeah, geez. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, Harmon Quest Season 2. I love D&D, I love comedy, and I love Dan Harmon, so that was a nice mixture. Uh, Ginger Snaps, that was a show from ABC, or at least I think it was supposed to be on ABC until they got cold feet. That was them basically being like, hey, we can be as good as Adult Swim. We're going to make a show that, you know, that's animated and is a little raunchier, and it's going to be about a group of girl guides who run their operation like a drug cartel. <laughs> and and those episodes are all very short. There's like ten episodes. They're like eight minutes apiece, and you can find that over on ABC.com, and you should watch it because I'd really like a second season. That sounds pretty cool. It, it is fun. Like, again, you can watch basically the whole show in half an hour. Cool. Yeah, that's not bad at all. What uh, what else did you have, Matt, that you wanted to talk about? Uh, TV-wise. Uh, anything at all. You can bring up anything you want. Uh, TV, TV. I know I haven't really watched a lot of TV in terms of, like, still I'm still catching up on stuff. I know, like, we both love The Orville. Oh, yes. That was a big surprise this year. Yeah, definitely. That... Is that finished its season, or is it on break? I think it's on break. I think the last episode was their break. I think they are coming back. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, like, behind by two episodes. Which, Jesus Christ, if you told me at some point, oh, yeah, the Orville, a Seth MacFarlane send-up of Star Trek will be a truer Star Trek sequel than the actual Star Trek sequel you got. <laughs> have, have yeah, you... the, the actual airing at the same time Star Trek I sequel. I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> have, have you been keeping up with Discovery at all? Um, I watched, like, I think it actually came back today as we were recording this. Um, uh, I have been, and there were, there was an episode there that, that I really enjoyed, which was that one where they had that big space slug that was like reversing time mm. and like making them relive like that little part of time. I really liked that one. Cause that was kind of like classic Star Trek, Sounds but then it just Trek went, situation. then it just went back into like the stuff that completely blows everything you know about star trek out of the water and all like their little like it's a perfect peaceful union sort of thing until in a couple kind of years bullshit. when it's not when uh kirk and them will have to come along because this is like a prequel to that <laughs> yeah it's a prequel to that but they have like technology that's like far 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 more advanced than anything you see on those shows <laughs> oops oops sorry about that uh, yeah, I think that just about does it for me for TV and animation and stuff I was really into this year. Oh, uh, uh, Mike Judds, the guy who does King of the Hill, he did a new show this year for Cineplex or Cinemax of all places, and I'd really like to see this get a second season. It's called Twisted Tales from the Tour Bus. Basically, he goes around and uses his clout as a TV and movie guy to interview his favorite outlaw country music musicians and an, and animate their craziest stories. And, like, here's, here's the thing. You think rappers have crazy stories of drunken, drug-fueled, violent debauchery? They got nothing on country music stars. Like, all their stories are like, and then I shot them, and I got away with it. Because this was Nashville, and I could do that. What is it? Uh, he, he, he told one story of how Wailing Jennings, he was playing a, a barn one time, and they didn't give him, like, uh, the full amount of money that they had promised. So he took some dynamite that he had in his tour bus, and he blew up the barn. As you do. As you do. And, and they all knew the Hells Angels, and they all loved the Hells Angels, and they hung out with them. Like, what was it? Like, one of Wailing Jennings' kids where it's like, oh, yeah, I was babysit by the Hells Angels basically my whole life. I love those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like this is crazy please let there be a oh. season two of this there's so more so many more stories to tell 
it'd be good if like that sounds like a show that should be like anthology so like season one was like the country musicians yes. then he moves on to like like um like hair metal musicians that and then yeah. like punk musicians that's my thought here's the beautiful thing about the show too unlike other music documentaries where they talk to all the people who were like you know involved in the thing what this show does is like they talk to the backup band and the hair people and the kids of the people involved basically the ones who have no reason to lie about the craziness yeah yeah and i'm like that's such a smart idea talk to the people who have no stake in the legacy or anything and the people who aren't afraid to just say whatever and be like oh yeah then, <laughs> then he shot him <laughs> and and mike judd he uh he narrates the thing and he i've always thought he had a very good folksy voice for narration i here's the thing i don't yeah. even like i don't even like country music i was riveted by like the 10 episodes of this show and like i i got an education on it that sounds it sounds really good i might have to look that up it is it's it's very fun and it's animated and like you'll you'll learn shit from like like it's the sort of shit that uh what is it the music uh station should be playing but aren't like it feels like the ultimate vh1 show yet it's on cineplex or cinemax okay yeah so uh, yeah so that just about does it for me for tv and everything did you did you have anything else you wanted to talk about matt to close out 2017 to stick a stick a stake in the heart of this year um we might as well talk about like some video games we played um i didn't uh, i'm I didn't really that that much either. I, I've just been um, Games getting, getting back longer. into. I'm getting they, older. They're getting they're getting longer, and they're, 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 our work is like making them so that they pile up, so that yeah. you get to them like months after they're like popular. Oh yeah, I haven't finished one in so long. And I used to make fun of people who couldn't finish their video games. They used to be like, "Oh, old man can't finish his video games." Huh? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because because you had a job, I guess, and had to pay rent and couldn't c- couldn't spend eight hours all day playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I've been recently playing, uh, and I think you have as well, Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I've always joked about feeling like the abused spouse of this franchise. They they keep hitting me, but I keep coming back every year because it's like, ooh, this one's in London, or this one has pirates. This this one was Egypt, and I actually think they fix a lot of the problems, mainly that they don't fuck you around in the prologue. They just throw you right into what you want. Yeah, yeah, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag. Black Flag was the last one I really liked, so when I hopped into this one and saw it, it was very much similar to that, but with new tweaks and everything to it. I really enjoyed it, and I'm really enjoying playing it. Yeah, completely reimagined combat. Again, it plays more like Zelda in Dark Souls now, mm-hmm. and that actually makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I like that I need to keep my shield up and I need to move because you know, even though the power fantasy of those other Assassin's Creed games is you basically could just stand in the middle, and so long as you hit the right counter button, you won every fight. <laughs> yeah yeah like this this one there's actually some work into it and there's actually some enemies i'm scared of like i'm i'm at the point in the game now where like the the elite centurions have come into the city and they're so they're like the nemesis in an old resident evil game because you're always (laughs) able to know where they are they're a big red symbol on your map and it's like oh these guys are level 20 they will fuck your shit up don't go near them yeah, I've been like hunting those guys, and they're, they're they're very hard to very hard to kill. But yeah, the game is really great, and I think it's it's helped by like the the era it's set in this ancient Egypt setting. So you get like to explore like pretty much all of Egypt, which is broken up into like little sections. Mm-hmm. 
you get to see cool uh, and um that you know from yeah it's just so much fun like uh yep. Like, yep. The, like the library of alexandria I'm like oh i've heard of that place yeah, yeah, giant pyramids, uh, the pyramids of Giza, stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Bayak is also a pretty enjoyable uh, protagonist. It feels like you know, hmm. it feels like Assassin's Creed. They're always trying to capture like, oh, okay, is this kind of guy going to be more like Ezio or more like Altair? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're like the two that they base them off of. But this one's he's not like either of them. No, he's kind of doing his own thing, mainly because, well, there was no assassin order before him, really. He's kind of making it up as he goes along. He's a dude on a revenge quest who happens to fall into all of this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, his his revenge quest is really cool. Um, the thing that I think we both really enjoy about it, they don't bog you down with, like, the present day shit. Thank you, yes. They do not. Like, literally, they have a thing where it's like, hey, do you want to explore the future? Nope, put me back in the Animus. Yeah, you can choose when you want to go back into the Animus when you're the in the future. You could go straight back in after, like, the cutscenes yep. or bum around, which I, I don't bum around. I just go straight no. back in. No, I don't care about the present. I'm in the present. I want to live in the past, <laughs> please. I want, I want to have cool sickle swords that I can ride from my horse and beat the crap out of people. Yeah, I, I want to kill hippos and and yeah. hyenas and, and take their leather to make my weapons better <laughs> so so there's a little far cry in there Ooh, ooh i, I want a bow and arrow that fires six arrows at one time and it's like a shotgun for some reason i want to i want to do the thing where i take my bow and i put it over fire in the world so then my bow is on fire it's <laughs> what i want to do and i do regularly yeah, it's a very, very good game. And all it took was them taking a couple of years off. Please, Ubisoft, take a couple more years off in between this franchise. Yes, yes, please. And also do Wild West or Japan next. Yeah, all Wild West would be so good. <laughs> Imagine Wild West Assassins. Like, you know, again, it, it, it would be back in America, like, put you along the American-Mexican border during, like, the early days of expansion. I, I, wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go America. I'd go Spain. Oh, like like spaghetti western oh, sort of setting. Okay, you're selling beyond that then, and you would have like a main character who's like fresh out of the dollars trilogy, and he has like a poncho, but it's like a white yep. poncho that goes up over his head. <laughs> or, or no, he's got like you know, he's got he's got a white hat with an eagle feather in it because it's all like eagle stuff. <laughs> And that's his thing. And then, like, he unfurls his poncho, and it's like six shooter in one hand, hidden blade in the other. <laughs> I like this. I like this a lot, Matt. You're you're pitching a hell of a story here, and also Japan because it's just like, dude, sneaking around, assassinating people. That's that's totally ninja. I mean, like, it's amazing you yeah. have it. They they probably have that one like in a case somewhere where it's like, in case of slump, break glass and do Asia. I think they did like. I think there was like an Asian one that was like like a mini game. Or something, or like yeah. a mobile game or something. Yeah, they did China, Russia, and India for like those like weird side-scrolling ones they had. Yeah. To where it's like, alright, that's fine. I feel, I feel like any of those could have made better ones for the main uh, game universe, but alright, if that, that's how you felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were some other games I played this year? Oh, uh, Assassin's Creed Zero, or not Assassin's Creed, Yakuza Zero, I quite enjoyed. 
I've been wanting to play this, but I've got um I've obviously got Assassin's Creed on the go, and I've got Persona Five on the go. So <laughs> I I really want to play this. I'm like I go to buy it every time. I'm like no, I've got too much to go. It's too another much, too much. It's another big time sink. And you're right. Here's the thing. I almost picked up Persona as well. I'm just like ah, oh, but you know it never comes down in price. I did have enough to pick up South Park: The Fractured Butthole though, and hey, it's superhero themed, so I'll be able to play that at some point. That's cool. But yeah, how's Yakuza Zero? Uh, Yakuza, very fun. Again, I have been following the series since the PS2, so like I'm I'm a hipster fan at this point. I've been I've been into it this whole time, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a very fun prequel. It's nice to play Majima. Like it almost it almost makes Majima like the second main character now, to where they've done like a whole big uh, re, uh, re like redos, like whole like HD remasters of the first and second Yakuza game, and in the second one now, there's a whole second campaign as Majima that wasn't even there before. So they're literally making him the second guy in the series, to where I'm like, alright, more content, good for me. That's cool, yeah, I, I mentioned um, Persona 5 the other day, uh, just before. Um, I, I've been playing that for a while, since it kind of came out, but I've, I haven't finished yet, because the game's so big. I know, there's so much content. And it never goes down in price. I keep saying I'll pick it up when it goes down in price, but it never does. Who's who, 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 who's your game waifu, Matt? Who's your persona waifu? Oh, God. De- declare, I haven't even de- cho- chose one. <laughs> declare. Oh, wow, you're not even that far. I was going to say declare your loyalty in the waifu wars. <laughs> but no, I really like the game. I've never played in the Persona game, so I thought, oh, I'll give this one a try. And um, I really enjoy the whole like battling monsters, it's sort nice. of sneaking into people's dreams and stuff. I think that's pretty cool. I like the thief aspect of it. I like they've gone yeah. full loop in the third with it. Yeah, it's really cool. That's a nice place to bench the okay. series, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get right to now. it eventually. Oh, no, of course <laughs> I will. Uh, what uh, what else was there? Oh, uh, one we got to talk about: uh, Injustice. Injustice Two was this year. Mm-hmm. It was good for like the first three months, and then everyone gave up on it. <laughs> they did, but now they're having DLC, and people are kind of coming back to it. I came back to it because of the DLC, and yeah, it still still plays great. Yeah, it, it was a really solid game. It looks really good as well. Uh, it was also one of the only games this year that actually, I think, did loot boxes the correct way. Yes, yes. They were completely cosmetic. They were completely ignorable if you wanted and you got them for basically doing nothing. You didn't have to pay any yeah. real money. They always had a steady stream of them coming to you. I think they did loot boxes the right way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. In, in a year where everyone was doing it wrong, they did it right. Yep. Um, what's another game I played? Oh, um, probably one of my... probably my favorite game or one of my favorite games of 2017 was resident evil 7 oh yeah i see i never got around to that yet another game that has a bunch of dlc coming out so if i get it i'll probably get the gold edition yeah well the gold edition i think just came out recently um yeah all the dlc's out for it now it's such a damn good game and i got it i got i got um psvr over christmas so i i've been playing on psvr and it's a whole nother game on PSVR, say, I tell ya. Is it is it scary? Is it worth it? Because I thought about that too. I'm like, you know, if I win the lottery, if I ever fall into a bunch of money, maybe this will be the game I play on VR. Oh, it it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it. Just they they've gone back to the old school horror, and there's no like, it's not action or anything. It's pure terror. Yeah, and it works. The the, the molded aren't great enemies though, but the bakers are awesome, and it almost makes up for it. Bakers are awesome. 
the ba Bakers, I hope for the next one, and obviously they're going to do a Resident Evil 8. I hope for Resident Evil 8, they grow the concept of the Bakers and, like, do that for something else. I think they, they might. They, they kind of hinted at, like, a continuation of, like, this kind of story. There's, or this, like, sort of premise of story with, like, Chris Redfield's um, DLC. Right. No, um, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing... Yeah, yeah, that was a really cool DLC as well. And yeah. they, they had one called End of Zoe where you play as, like, uh, um, uh, the the uh, father baker's brother who's yeah, like a boxer so you so you box the the molded and he gets like a power glove i did see that that looked fucking sick where it's like just i see that's the game i want i want more weird back <laughs> backwood swamp rednecks punching monsters is what i want yeah and you get health from like eating like grubs and stuff you find forage in, in the nice. woods and stuff nice it's a cool game that's that's awesome i'm all about those things uh, so yeah, I mean, is that it for us, Matt? Is that our 2017 all summed up in an hour and 30 minutes, more or less? I think so, yeah. All right then, everybody. So that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and favorite. And if you're a patron, links down in the description, uh, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else late Sunday night. That's pretty good. And it's only for a dollar. Only for a dollar. You can become a patron. Yes, for as low as a dollar a month. That's a bargain. That's a hell of a yeah. bargain. Uh, yeah, any any work going on on your channel, Matt, that you want to direct people to Fortress of Solitude for? Uh, just, just catching up on reviews at the moment. Same. <laughs> Same when we're done here. I got to read those two Nightwings so I can make a video on it. <laughs> no, no rest for the wicked. Uh, oh, if uh, you're interested in gameplay, uh, I've been playing all of the Telltale Batman over on my Joel Daly channel. Some people have been coming by and checking that out. If you want to see me play that, uh, by all means do. They they build an interesting universe for those Telltale games and for Batman. Yeah. Yeah, the Batman universe, the Telltale universe, is, is pretty interesting. they kind of done their own thing. They've uh, done some interesting little changes to characters that I like. Mm-hmm, yeah. All right, everybody. So that's your first comic multiverse of 2018. We will be back again next week. Same place, same time, same great show. Thank you for watching and listening. I've been Joel. I'm Matt. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.